Storehouse Dallas. So um, I have been doing uh, these steps. We've done six steps so far on going through the open door. And so um, today is the last installment in the steps of going through the open door. Um, You know, in uh, the book of Revelation, in chapter 4, verse 1, John says that he heard a voice like a trumpet that said, well, first he saw a door. He saw this doorway, and then he heard this voice like a trumpet that said, come up here so that I can show you the things that must come after this. And so there is still a door that is available, that is open. In fact, I believe today for the body of Christ, we actually have a double door that's open to us, a double grace that is available for us to see and hear the things that heaven is saying and the things that heaven is doing. Amen? And it's unto showing you the things that will take place after. So it's talking to you about the things that are going to come for your life so that you can be prepared and you can be ready and you can be in agreement with what the Holy Spirit is saying so you can lay hold of the destiny that he has for you in order to bring glory to the Lord in the earth through your life. So we are called to be open door and open heaven livers, okay? This is what uh, Jesus said when he said, seek first the kingdom of God. What he was saying is seek first this kind of lifestyle, that you would be open heaven, open door living people, and you would live through the open door, and that would be the system of your life and how you brought what was in heaven down to the earth. Amen is right. Open door from heaven to the earth. I love it. And so there's this thing that uh, the disciples, and they're asking Jesus, which of course we all do, like we get into the kingdom and immediately we're so in love and we're, we're having, we just love God so much that we want to go do something, right? We're all a bunch of doers. And so, of course, the, one of the questions that the disciple asked him in, in uh, John chapter 6 is they said, uh, what are the works of God that we must do? Um, in fact, let's go ahead and read it. John uh, chapter 6, verses 28. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. And you know, you're like, okay, what? Because I'm thinking I'm going to go make a casserole for someone. Or I'm going to go build a barn or raise a barn. Of course, that's really John. He would do that. I would be like, okay, I'll sit in the lawn chair and just encourage you as you raise a barn. Actually, John's people used to raise barns. It's kind of weird. He's a farmer, and so they would go to other farmers' places and build their barns. So he's a barn raiser if anybody needs a barn. (laughs) Anyway, therefore, they said to him this. Again, the disciples are like, 
okay, we believe in you. Okay, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're thinking to themselves, okay, so there was this miracle so that people would believe. And, they, and, and so bread fell down, manna fell down, and it fed them. What miracle, what are you going to do? What sign are you going to give us so that we can believe? And then Jesus said to them this, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus is saying that you have to believe before the sign comes. He's saying, listen, I am the bread of life. I am the bread from heaven. I am the manna, the now manna, the now word. And what happens is, you, is that this is the sign that you're going to get. The sign is the word. I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to open up a doorway that you can then access heaven, all of the resources of heaven, and all you have to do is believe the word that I give you. The only sign you get is the word, and the word from heaven will precede then the sign of, of the reality of that word coming and being made manifest through you believing the word, then the sign will be made manifest. Because you're called to be a sign and a wonder. Amen? All right. So you know how people say believing is seeing, right? This is not that. This is not that at all. There's actually nothing in the kingdom that even resembles that. Because if you can see it, then you don't have to believe it. And this word, this step is about faith. That's what this step number seven is about. It's about faith that hopes. Faith that hopes. Paul said this, that the world was framed by the word of God. So turn in your Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. So all throughout the New Testament, Jesus says this over and over and over and over and over and over. And then through the epistles, the apostles say this over and over and over and over. They say this. You're going to have to see with eyes of your spirit. And you're going to have to believe more of what your spirit man is seeing than what your natural eyes are seeing. And man, that's where it gets hard. That's where it gets rough because you're like, <laughs> but why does it have to be hard? Right? Why can't you just say, oh, Tracy, I believe that there's a Bible in your hand. Okay, I can see it. I believe that you're right. Okay, there's a Bible right here and it's got my name on it. But instead he says, Tracy, there's a Bible in your hand, and you're like, okay, Lord, there's a Bible in my hand. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes along, and because you believe, and you say, thank you, Lord, for the Bible in my hand, somebody comes along and eventually puts a Bible in your hand, and then all of a sudden, there's a Bible in your hand, and you're like, wow. Are y'all with me? 
All right. So there's a direct correlation between faith and hope. You are in hope because of what you see in the spirit. So I don't see it in the natural, but because I see it in the spirit, I go, yes, man. Remember that movie? Yes, man. Yes, man. What is it? That's it, right. So when you see in the spirit, you say, yes, man. That's right. I see it. Therefore, I believe it. Therefore, hope has arisen that it's mine because I can see it. And I tell people this all the time. If you can see it, it's yours. If you can see it, it's yours. But most people are too busy going, well, let me just check my social media because this is what I'm seeing and I'm getting all depressed and discouraged because I can't have what I see. Everybody else is having fun and everybody else has stuff and I don't have stuff and I don't, you know what I'm saying. All right, chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, it says, chapter 11, verse 1, it actually defines faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, how can you have evidence of something that's invisible? See, that's where the rub is. That's where the rub is. That's where we stumble because we're like, I'm believing for something and there's no evidence, but it says that there's actually a substance to us and the substance of our faith creates hope and hope creates the eventuality of it coming down to the earth. And so I see it, I believe it, my faith activates hope, my hope brings the reality of that stuff down to the earth. You have to be fully convinced. And I love this scripture. I know I'm hitting you guys with a lot of the word. Isn't the Bible good? It's good to be, come to church and like hear the actual words out of the Bible. So uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans 4. And Romans 4 is, is, is really one of my favorite scriptures. In fact, we're debating back and forth, uh, Matthew and I, of whether to do a summer in Romans or to do a summer in the book of Acts. So, but Acts, whoo, whoo, it's going to be so much fun, right? All right, so Romans 4, uh, we're going to start in verse 16 because it really does hit hard on the subject of faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not ex exist as though they did. So God, there's God again saying, I'm going to bring life to the dead and I'm actually going to speak to things that do not exist as though that they did. And guess what? Poof, they, 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 there they are. Guys, it's not a genie in a bottle kind of thing. It is the God of the universe who spoke the universe and all creation into being with a word. With a word, guess what? He is still speaking and he's going to have to have some agreement on the earth. 
who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So contrary to hope, because it made absolutely no sense to hope, Abraham had no evidence, he had no history, there was nothing in the earth that had ever happened the way that God said it was going to happen. He had nothing to compare it to. He was like the first out of the chute. You know, and he's like, well, I don't know. I'm really old and, oh man, sir, you're not looking very good. And I don't know if this is going to happen or if it's not going to happen. I don't know how it could possibly happen, but I know that God said, therefore, I have hope in my heart that it's going to happen because I trust the one that said it. And so he believed and it activated his hope and his hope created the eventuality of that baby coming. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. Yeah, he can have a baby, but can he pick it up? (laughs) And the deadness of Sarah's womb, poor Sarah. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being, here it is, fully convinced He's giving glory to God. He's strengthened in faith and being fully convinced of what God had promised. God is also able to perform. So he's like, there's no, there's no, I'm going to try to believe. Why? Because he saw it. He saw it. He was like, he tapped into something in heaven and he was like, this is actually more real to me than what I actually see, than the contradiction that I have of the fact that my wife is old. She's like older than dirt. I mean, it's like, does anything even work anymore, right? We're both really old. And this wasn't like, this wasn't Viagra days. This also wasn't testosterone days, guys. There was none of that available. This was, it's an impossibility. Whatever. Don't be religious on me. (laughs) So Sarah and Abraham, their bodies are too old for babies. So they're not even thinking about the physical impossibility of their situation. Right? Now, the second, you've got Moses. Let's review. There's Moses. He's sitting with the Jews, right? Okay, how many of you know this? You know, the the promise comes and you're like, oh yeah, and you've got it all worked out in your brain about how it's all going to come to pass, right? You're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You've got it all. Okay, all right, we're good. And then everything that you think is going to happen the way it's going to happen totally falls apart. And you're left without any strength or any might in bringing the promise about. And John and I were the same way. Man, you know, Moses, there he is. He's in Egypt. He's in the castle, hanging out with his broster, the new pharaoh. Well, he wasn't the pharaoh yet, but anyway. So he's hanging out there. He's got all the money. He's got all the power. He's got all the authority, right? But the Lord throws him on the backside of the wilderness, and he's out there. Now he doesn't smell good. He hasn't shaved. You know, he's wearing all kinds of nonsense. You know, he's not all like in the palace and everything anymore. And, and, and he's with the sheep. 
And he's probably thinking to himself, you know, this promise of me being the great deliverer, it's not going to happen. The promise is gone. Because I have no strength, I have no might, and I have no ability. Bam, comes the burning bush. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. now you're going to go back to Egypt. Now think about Egypt. Egypt's been around for a while. I mean, this is, this is the most powerful nation in the world that's been there for hundreds of years. So he's like, okay, yeah, Moses, I want you to go back, and I want you to set my people free. <laughs> and Moses is like, but, 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 I can't talk. I don't have an army. I don't, how is this going to happen? Now, if I were back there, if you'd have said something to me like 40 years ago, this would probably have happened because I had some, I had some stuff going on. I had influence, I had money, I had power, I had relationships, and now all of a sudden, I got nada. I got nothing. I got sheep. And so the Lord said, look, I totally get you. I understand. I'm going to help you out. Here, I'm going to give you this staff. I'm sorry, what? I'm thinking of spear. I'm thinking about anything, anything that it says power. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you this staff. That's it. Now you're going to go set my captives free with that. Think about that for a minute. Again, he has no reference, no history, nothing. He had to believe the burning bush. The one who was burning before him that did not consume the bush, realizing that his word is faithful and he is true to fulfill what he said he would. And he was no different than you are. He was still struggling with disappointment, discouragement, heaviness. He was still discouraged with words that were being spoken to his mind that were opposite of what the Lord said. And he's having to walk back into Egypt and tell the leadership of the Jewish people that he's going to set them free with a staff. Come on. That's what I call faith. And then you've got David and Goliath, right? There's David, man. I love what John said. (laughs) He said, yeah, David gets on that battlefield. He's like, his brothers don't really even like him. You know, he's this little ruddy kid out with the sheep. But his dad sent him with food. He was like the Uber driver, (laughs) right? He's the Uber food driver. He shows up on the scene with the food. Nobody really pays any attention to him. And they're all like, what? What? Who are you? You don't even have any skills. You're little. You know, you don't know how to fight. We're all like big warriors. And he's like, well, I don't know. There's Goliath. There's you hiding behind all of this nonsense. But I love, again, how is it that the Lord plans on setting the captives free? Again, it's not a staff this time, but he's like, gets this vision. I'm going to do what I was created to do. Moses, he's a shepherd. What does he use? A staff. David is a shepherd. What does he use? A rock. A rock. A rock. Not even a big rock. It's not like
like he's a javelin thrower or something. I mean, we're talking about a little river rock, right? Again, it's impossible, but he saw it in the heavens. Therefore, he knew that it would happen. Amen? So the, the word actually says this in Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 3. It says that faith is measured. Isn't that weird? Faith is measured? Did you know that? Well, it says, for by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So we have to ask ourselves this question. Why is God measuring faith? Why? Why does he do it the way that he's decided to do it? It's a weird thing. Because he even says in this scripture, I do it because I don't want you getting in pride. I'm doing it because it's about me and not about you. I will give you this measure of faith for the task that I've called you to achieve. But you'll have it so that you'll know it's not you, but it's me. Isn't that good? It's interesting because this kind of life keeps us leaning on God. This kind of life keeps us depending on God and not on ourselves. You know, the minute that I get out of a season where I'm like having to believe him for something impossible, I'm like, whew, okay, I'm done. I can go home and be with Jesus now. No, no. There's no like, pause. There's no neutral. There's no gliding into, he into heaven. No, 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 no. And here's why. Because Jesus says, when I come back to the earth, will I find faith? Will you be in faith? Will you still believe me when everything else in the world looks the opposite of what I'm saying? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I have to sit there and go, I believe, I believe, I believe. Here's what happens. So you've got the promise, and you've got your lion, and you've got your bear, just like David did. So he was built up in faith on his way to the promise, right? And so there are little things that you're going to conquer along the way that help you to believe. Again, faith is measured. And you're going to get a measure of faith for what you have to conquer. And as you get closer to the fulfillment of the promise, it actually gets more intense. And the warfare and the things that you have to believe is more intense. And you'll notice that with David, he had a behind-the-scenes faith with the lion and the bear. So, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but if a lion shows up, I'm heading for the tree. I'm not going to wrestle that guy or pull his beard down, as it says. And if a bear shows up, forget it, man. I'm running, you know? But he goes running after them to get the sheep back, right? Isn't that incredible? So he succeeded there. Therefore, when he got to Goliath, and here's the, here's the beauty of it. Right before your promised land comes in, a lot of time, there's a public display of your faith. So not your, your faith isn't just for your own um, building up internally so that you can believe, but it actually now, you, you're stronger, you're stronger in faith, and now the Lord will put your faith on display. He did it with Jesus. He did it with David. 
Those people had to stand before everyone and say, I believe, even though nobody else here does. What were his brothers doing? His brothers were actually mocking him. What are you doing here, food delivery boy? Saul, put on my armor because you're going to really need this. Right? Nobody really believed that he was actually going to succeed. They're all like, well, nice knowing you, David. You know, the Israelites wandered around in the desert for 40 years, but they had that promise of a promised land. And they had seen all of the different, they had all of the different faith tests along the way. But when they finally got to the moment and they sent the spies in, what happened is there was a public display of who they were going to decide that they were. And so there they were, they go into the promised land, they see the grapes, they see everything, but what do they see? They actually, for their, with their own eyes, they see the giants. And, and all of a the sudden, their, their faith, it was Moses that was carrying them along the whole way. So it was Moses' faith. Moses' faith was getting them through. And then all of a the sudden, there they are, bam, they see the giants for themselves. And they had to make a decision about what they believed in that moment. And, and what they believed, so you had the 10 spies, you had 12 spies that went in, right? So you had the 10 spies that came back with the negative report saying, we can't do this, the giants are too big, they will destroy us, we are like grasshoppers before them. And then you had the two, that the word says that they had a different spirit in them, and they said, no, we can do it because our God is great. And so they saw what God was saying and doing and commanding, and the others saw their own inability and strength to make it happen. And what they believed actually came to pass. The guys that didn't believe didn't go in. The guys that did believe did go in. So who was right? Well, they were both right. They were both right because the guys that said, we don't believe, that's right, you don't believe, therefore you've disqualified yourself, you've judged yourself unworthy of the promise that God has for you. The others judge themselves worthy of what God has said and that they have judged that God is more able than they are. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. When we speak negative things about what God has spoken, we are judging that God is not able to fulfill those things. Therefore, as you have judged, you are now under judgment and you're judging yourself unworthy to have it. How can you be in hope if you don't really believe? Most of us want the promise of God, but... We can't believe what we can't see. But let me tell you, beloved, if God said it, it is done. So, let's ask the question, how do we succeed in this? So, if you brought a pen or a piece of paper, you should write this down. There's a pen on the back of your chairs, if not. Because it's very important that you succeed. I need, you need 
people of faith around you. You need champions of faith. You know, I'm looking for a company of people who are going to slay dragons. Actually, Patricia King just prophesied that over me. She said, you're going to raise up an army of dragon slayers. You're going to raise up an army of people. And she doesn't know me. You know, she doesn't follow my podcast. Maybe. I hope. (laughs) I doubt it. But really, this isn't about me. This is about you. This is about what you're already ready for, what you're already, what's already available to you. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for slaying dragons, right? I mean, David and his mighty men, they're going to talk about storehouse and its mighty men and women that weren't afraid, that were filled with faith, who ate giants for breakfast. Number one, how do I succeed? How do you succeed? You have to see through the open door of faith. So you have to see it. You, this isn't a pretend. You're not pretending. This isn't make-believe. If you can see it, it's yours. So you have to be able to see it first. And when you see it, then you give it back to God and you say, this is what I'm seeing. I need you to confirm this. Guys, I never do anything unless I have multiple confirmations. Because I don't want it to be, uh, I don't want to be, uh, Vanity of vanities. I don't want to, I don't want this to be some desire, what weird kind of, this is what I think. And so I run out and do things that are foolish, but I try to say, okay, this is what you're saying. I need confirmation of what you're saying. Show me in the word, send somebody to give me a prophetic word, send somebody to confirm it, give me a dream, give other people a dream. And so I just wait and I just sit on something and I sit on it. I sit on it. Sometimes I sit really long. Like before I did this, I was like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. The Lord was like, I want you to build a house of prayer. Oh no, 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 no. So I sat on it for like four years (laughs) and he sent prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet saying, do this. And I thought, oh, okay, well I'll go give it to somebody else to do. And then I'll go and help them do it. But I don't want to do it. Lord, I don't, you know, I think you got the wrong address. You know, I'm not qualified. You know, we have our laundry list of all of the reasons why we don't think that we should be doing something, right? Yeah, he was like, no, I, I think I know what I'm doing and what I'm saying and who I'm saying it to. Okay. So anyway, again, give it back to God and ask him to confirm it. Uh, number three, um, you've got to agree through your words and prayer back to God. So what I do then is I just say, thank you for X, Y, and Z. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for this. Because this is what the word says. It says that um, uh, this is how you pray. What you do is you receive it, and then you believe it. You believe when you pray. If you believe when you pray, it will be done for you. So, so when I see it, and I know that it's mine, and I know it's from the Lord, And I do this for other people too. If I know it's theirs and I'm praying, I pray in faith, believing that I've already got it. It's already mine. It happened at the cross. Jesus had my promise in him at the cross. 
He had my story in him at the cross. I have Christ living on the inside of me, and, and so he's got my story within me. It's already done. All I have to do is say yes and believe that it's true and that I already have it. It's not like, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, please, please, please. No, 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 no. Remember, you're in hope. Beggars don't beg. Don't beg. Number four, tell others for agreement. Will you believe with me for this? I have a host of, of friends that are strong in the spirit and they stand and believe with me. Because it takes two to come into agreement. And so there's unity in that. And we help move heaven and we push on things. Okay? So find people. It could be a husband. It could be a wife. It could be uh, multiple. You know, John and I agree. We pray all the time. And, you know, almost daily, we're just like, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. It's already happened. Amen? All right, number five. Uh, then stand on it. So when the pressure comes against the word, you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord because guess what? The pressure is going to come against the word. The, the, the enemy came against Jesus. He will come against you. I strengthen myself in the Lord through praying in tongues. I strengthen myself in the Lord through reviewing prophecies. Guys, I am telling you, Bill Johnson carries his words around in his Bible with him. And he looks at them every day, every day, every day. He even, and I'm telling you, in order to believe God, this is not like uh, people like Bill Johnson don't have to do this because they've just got it all figured out. I'm telling you, every single one of us have to keep the word in front of us and believe the word so that we will be strengthened in our inner man to continue to run and not go faint and not grow weary. And then I ask these three questions of God, because here's what happens. You'll be going along, going along, going along. You're about to enter into the promised land, and the pressures, whoo, they'll start pressing on you to get you into unbelief. If they can get you into unbelief, guess what happens? You don't go in. This is not a guarantee. The promise is the prophetic word of your life is not a guarantee. You may miss it and for a season and have to go back around that mountain again. And I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life where I've given up or I, I went in my own strength and tried to make things happen and tried to, as, as I love what Corey Russell said, you know, we're all like in pain and so we want to fix it, fix it, feel, fix it. But God is saying, feel it, feel it, feel it. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is, I ask these three questions because if there's a pause, if there's a, which, how many of you are, have ever experienced a pause, like the Lord puts you on pause and you're waiting for your promise and you're like, it's never gonna come, right? All right, number one, I ask the question, God, is this still what you're wanting to do? Is this, did I miss it? Am I right? Do you, is this still, I need, I need to hear from you. So it's okay to ask him, Okay. Number two, do I have clean hands and a pure heart? Have I gotten into anything that has, had, that has stopped the promise? Am I in sin? Have I, have I, am I in unforgiveness? 
Am I, have I judged anyone? These three things will keep you from entering in. If I, you know, any of those. So you have to ask that question and you constantly have to search me, oh God, to see if there's anything in me. That has to be us all the time. Let's do inventory. And then listen to what he says. And number three, is there anything else, God, you want me to say or you want me to do? How do you want me to sow? Do you want me to sow something different with my words to help facilitate this? Or do you want me to sow with my money to facilitate this? A great way to break things open, start sowing with your money. And I just listen to the Lord, and he tells me what to do and what to say. And usually it'll, it'll help facilitate me into that next phase. Number four, one more thing, is, is I ask him, do you want me to fast? Now, guys, I don't go around fasting for the pleasure of fasting, okay? But if the Lord calls me to a fast, I know he has me in a time of sanctification. And I don't just fast. It's not a diet. I actually fast and pray. So it puts me in a very intense time of giving birth. I'll tell you something. When a woman is giving birth, there ain't a whole lot that she's thinking about. She's not thinking about, I want a Big Mac. She's not thinking about, I want to go shopping. She's thinking, I got to get this baby on the ground. I am full-fledged, uh, uh, I am in attention, and I know that I'm in the moment of pushing, and a lot of us get to that moment of pushing, and, and there's so much adversity coming at us that we will find the exit strategy. We'll try to get out. And the Lord's like, no, 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 don't get out. Now's your time of pushing. Got to push. Okay? So, it's very simple. Say what he says and do what he does. Just believe, which is sometimes the hardest thing that we've ever had to do, is just believe. All right, let's stand. If some of you have grown weary in the waiting, I really want to pray for you. I know that for John and I, um, we've been through a lot of seasons. We're still believing for a lot of things in our lives. But we've gone through a lot of times where um, it's been physically, emotionally, mentally hard to still believe. Um, and some of you have been believing for 20 years. You know? Or more. But I'm telling you, you're in good company. Because the fathers of the faith had to stand and believe, and they didn't have this. They had to stand and believe for 20 years, 14 years, 40 years, and the promise. And we kept thinking, well, I'm getting kind of old here. Whew, be good to do this, you know, while I can still put a sentence together. But I'm telling you, God is good and he doesn't care about that. He will use you and the promise will come to pass if you don't give up. So I'm just going to pray over you today. And if you need prayer, I want you to come down front. If you feel like you're just weary in your heart from standing and believing, 
We get it. It's all of us. No one gets to pass this test without going through this, the faith test. So Holy Spirit, we just ask you now that you would come and you would give us strength in our hearts to keep believing. We ask for an extra measure of faith today. That you gift us this. That you would give us faith to move mountains. I pray, Father, that we would be bold like David was. That we would wrestle a lion. That we would wrestle a bear. That we'd be so offended by that giant that's in our land that we would say boldly, how dare you taunt the army of the living God? How dare you taunt my family? How dare you take my money? This money belongs to the kingdom. And we would become bold like a lion. And we would speak to these things. We would fast and we would pray. And we would take territory. That we wouldn't be held back or limited even by our own understanding. But we would boldly go, just like David did, into the great beyond and take what belongs to our God. So, Father, I thank you, and I pray, God, that you would rise up in us as a lion, and we can speak to these things, God. Teach us your ways and the ways of your kingdom, and strengthen us today. We love you, and we bless you, and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>